Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Hello, on this episode of the podcast, I sat down with Ashley Maria and Leanne Burst, who are a mother and daughter team who produced and directed Pioneers in Skirts. In this movie, they talk about women's ambition. They talk about the reasons why the gender gap really exists. So if you've listened to my podcast for a while, you probably know that the gender gap is not a women's issue. It's a cultural issue. And Leanne and Ashley turned it into a movie. So if you want to have a conversation with your daughter, with your partner, with your coworkers of any gender, this is the movie that explains it. In this interview, we talked about what you can do as a parent to promote gender equality for the next generation, how you can have conversations with both men and women, and how you can have a conversation with your family, watch the movie, and get started and take action and figure out what your part can be in closing the gender gap. I am so excited to share this interview with you today. So hi, Leanne and Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on this special season of the Diversity at Work podcast, where we are talking about how to thrive in difficult situations. So tell me before we go any further, just what is the movie about? Oh, that would be helpful. So Pioneers in Skirts is about what ambitious women are confronted with in their careers. And then we offer strategies and solutions so that our culture can move beyond it. So the film follows my story as a director in Hollywood, these young girls on a robotics team, and then uh, a young mom who is up for a raise and then also finds out she's pregnant and she's afraid to tell her boss. So these are the stories that we follow, but we also travel the country, US, um, to meet all of these Uh, women and men who are um, working towards change in the industries. So we go into the film industry to tell my story, but then we jump out and we jump into a lot of different industries. The goal of the film is to have it seen and talked about afterwards so that people can talk about these issues. We've noticed in these screenings that it brings up a lot of emotions, a lot of experiences, and a lot of questions. And so our goal with the film in making it was for it to be seen and talked about so that we can uh, push the needle further for women. Um, So that was our initial intention of of our distribution strategy really is for people to actually be in person and talk about it afterwards. I love it. So you found this opportunity in this situation that is really, really tough. Cinemas are closed, offices are closed, and then you found this silver lining because it is important to have this conversation. So I am curious, what are the takeaways that you want people to have from watching this movie? Well, the main one is that you can take action now, regardless of the situation that you're in. Uh, We like to do a, uh, you know, a speed round in our panels of um, what can you literally do right now to start working towards change. So um, that's one of the questions that we will ask of people when they watch the movie. Like, what can you actually do? Start thinking about it, you know? And before we actually talk about taking action and doing things, what are the things that surprised you when you were making this movie? I know, actually, you have a personal story. You're a director, and you were finding that all the jobs were just 
not coming to you. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. you were putting in the work, you were qualified and it just wasn't working. You had your head down, you're trained, you have all this talent and it wasn't working for you. So what was your realization from that? Um, Well, there is a really good um, notion of just, you are not alone. And I think a lot of my colleagues felt like, uh, colleagues who are women felt like um, we just, we're going to be constantly fighting this uphill battle. And uh, the numbers show that this uphill battle, um, women start to drop off as we go along. And uh, that's why maybe 4% of studio films are actually directed by women. So that means 96% of the movies you see today are influenced by a man's voice. Um, So that's influencing our culture. So I think some of the stats were, were jarring. So I'm, uh, I went on this journey to learn about what exactly is going on. I'm proud of myself for going on the journey instead of just um, putting my head down and focusing on the work. I said, listen, that's all I want to do, but that's not going to, to change anything. And so we jumped, uh, mom and I jumped in and said, okay, what are we going to do to actually um, figure out what's going on and what do we do about it, you know? Um, and one of the biggest, uh, like two, two things that were said to me that were really powerful was Kat Cole, who's the COO of Focus Brands, which is like Cinnabon. And um, she said to me that she experienced um, a lot of this. She says, you walk into a room expecting to just focus on the work and other people don't see it that way. And that seems like a very simple statement, but it was something I needed to hear because I just could not understand why people did not see me as a director. They saw me as everything but. And um, then Lucy Sanders, who is the... um, founder of NCWIT, the National Center for Women in Information Technology. She said that when we look at women and we tell them how to fix themselves, you're basically saying women are broken. So if you're telling women you need to be more confident or you need to believe in yourself, I mean, that was constantly the, um, the, the advice was you just got to believe. And if a, win- a door won't open, you know, knock down a window. And I'm like, okay. What am I going to do with that? So when Lucy said, um, you're basically telling women that they're broken and they need to fix themselves. And we don't, we don't, you know, accept that. And so that was something I needed to hear too, because, you know, you start out this journey going, what didn't I know? Why, why am I suddenly so overwhelmed by all of these biases and sexism? First of all, I needed to define what that was because I had heard it, but I always felt that doesn't apply to me. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing awesome work. And I was, I was winning um, awards, the DGA Directors Guild of America award. I won that for my very first student film. And then my next film went and screened internationally. It was a superhero film. So why was I not being seen as a director? Why was I being seen as you know, I'd walk on set and people would think I was the girlfriend or I'd walk on set and they'd say, oh, are you makeup department? Are you craft services? You know, and I started to go, well, what am I doing wrong? So luckily I went on this journey to understand that it's not me. There's something going on in our culture and let's figure it out and let's change it. So Ashley, I love this about you and I love this about the movie because your story is parallel to mine. 
And I worked in the corporate world and I was that person that would not be held back because I was a woman. I was very motivated. I wanted to get ahead. And then all of a sudden around when I was in my kind of early to mid thirties, I realized like, oh, my eyes were opened. I started to look around. I started to look at the numbers and get really curious. And I love the fact that you decided to make a movie about this because to be honest, when you talked about the believing in yourself, being more confident, I think a lot of women today are hearing that message and still believe that that's what it's really going to take. But that is not true at all. Exactly. You feel like you're running on a hamster wheel. Yes. And Leanne, I'm really curious. So you are Ashley's mom. What was going on for you as you're seeing your daughter progress, win these awards, and then still not really achieving like what she wanted in her career? And what she deserved, right? Yeah, absolutely. She totally deserved a lot more than what she has even today is getting uh, in her career. I mean, you got to understand when just now you talked about what it was like for you when you went in corporate, it was the same for me. So um, I have actually a tech background and I, um, I was recruited by IBM. I worked at IBM. I ended up um, doing amazing things there, but I, I went through the same type of things that women are going through today. What's the difference? The difference is when I opened up the newspaper, when I graduated from college, I had to pick from the girl jobs or the boy jobs. It was actually male or female. And I didn't want those female jobs. I wanted the male jobs, but I wasn't allowed to apply. And I followed the rules because that was the culture of the day is you're, you follow the rules. Then another generation comes along and another generation. And I thought, well, my daughter is not going to go through this, right? So I raised my daughter to give her opportunity. I gave her confidence. At least I, you know, that was my goal to give her, give, make her do uh, things that she didn't want to do or empower her to do things that she didn't think she could do. Everything every mother would want. Then um, she, she, she took the reins. She graduated from high school. Uh, she, did, she did so well. She was in the top 5% of her class, over 600 students. Uh, she was a whiz kid. She came to us one day and said, I want to make movies. Um, she was actually going to go to college to study um, aerospace engineering. And she, um, uh, she's so smart. And we were just like, you want to make movies? So we supported her. We gave her all the support that she needed. And uh, she ended up graduating um, with her undergrad. She went and got into the top film school in the, in the world uh, at USC in California in Los Angeles. And uh, she got her master's, a three-year master's program. And while she's there, she does really well. She's the top of this, top of that. She's the only female pick for this. You know what I mean? So um, no reason, no reason to think she didn't get every opportunity she needed. Um, It was very frustrating for me. So as we were making the film, when when we started uh, the the film and and making it, it, I grew as a person because it helped me better understand that I wasn't being a bad parent. I didn't mess up somewhere along the way because I was blaming myself um, for, uh, or maybe maybe I should have not coddled her too much, or maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. Uh, maybe she should wear pants. Maybe she should lower her voice, right? That's how it all started out for me, trying to figure out how to, how to make it better for her. Um, 
but then when I realized things weren't going very well because of the culture around us and it's not her fault, that was very empowering for me. Uh, today, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for mothers that we're learning. Now the movie's out um, and we're speaking to a lot of mothers who have teens um, or young women who are in college. I have daughters who are just entering college and these young women kind of feel the same way. The only difference is um, these teenagers and, and, and younger adults are saying to their mothers, I'm not going to be like you. I'm going to speak up. I'm not going to let it get to me. And that makes us even more fear, fearful for these young women because even though Ashley had that kind of attitude as well, she still received that same treatment. So we knew we, we, we had something here, not just a story, not just a movie, but we, we knew we had a purpose. Um, and the purpose is we needed to craft a story that says um, there's a problem, you're not going to overcome it unless everybody helps you overcome that. And so it became our mission to uh, get in front of a younger generation, these, these young women who feel they're invincible, and we hope they are, <laughs> you know, why not? Um, but we want them to know what's happening, to let them know, yeah, you're not alone. Um, if you see it happening, it's not your fault. And you do have people out there who, who want to support you. And can you talk about some of these issues that are happening in every single industry that is keeping women from rising to the top? Yeah, I want to, I just want to reiterate real fast is that um, obviously my story had to be in the film because I felt the same way all the young women are feeling now. And so that's why um, we talk about it in that sense. And then, you know, there's an element of forgiveness you have to give yourself for, um, almost like falling for it, you know, <laughs> falling for these problems. Um, and, and then you start to switch and, and work towards it. So the things that um, young women see, I mean, we call it chipping away. There's little inequities that happen every day that you're not totally aware of, that you don't realize that's exactly what happening, what is happening. Um, it's not at the level of harassment. I mean, my very first film set, I was harassed. And so I could see that, you know, but it's, um, it's, it's walking in the room and being the only woman there. It's um, hearing even women can do math, even women can do science. It's, um, it's very really subtle. just, it's very subtle. And, and it's seeing um, not many women at the top, you know, it's, it's all these little things that you just don't, you know, men interrupting you, or you feel like you can't speak up until you're 100% sure of what you're going to say, yet the guys in the room just talk all the time, you know, I mean, these, these are very obvious things. And even though um, we know they're happening, we don't realize how they're affecting us until maybe years down the road. And you wake up like you did and go, wait a minute, um, what is happening? You know, am I where I want to be in my career? what, you know, what's going on. This is all in not even related to starting a family. We're not even talking about that. That's a whole other issue. Um, so it's important to know how subtle they are. They're not as overt as they used to be. Um, laughing things off when people say things to you that are derogatory. Um, don't, <laughs> don't laugh it off anymore and see how that starts to change uh, people's um, actions. 
I love, can you talk about that researcher? I know there's a scene in the film where you talked to, this woman was talking about this line that women have to go on and one it's about being assertive versus being likable. Can you talk about that? Cause I really felt that that resonated with me. I know for me as a director in Hollywood, we're either liked, um, but then that's perceived as um, we can't make a decision or we're aggressive and we're the B word. And um, that has become, that was almost the norm for me. I, I know that I started to lean into being more aggressive because people were not listening to me on set as a director. They were just doing their own thing. And so I had to start to get more forceful. Um, and then I felt, oh, they're not liking me. So while, um, you know, there isn't, I think there's probably um, bias training and bias research that actually says that's what's happening. Like there's things online where you can go and see if, um, if you have a bias in your own head that you're not even aware of. Um, but it was almost like I didn't need research to prove it. I knew. I just knew that as a woman who is a director, I was either going to be seen as likable but can't make a decision or uh, competent but also aggressive. That was just, that was like the norm for me. I knew it. And that I think there's, well, you had that researcher talk about it in the movie that that is a thing. And I think it's called the double bind. So it's like that line that women have to walk. It's like, if I'm too likable, then people will see me as less competent. But if I'm overly competent, then people may see me as too aggressive. And so you really can't win. And that energy to walk that line, it's like Mm -hmm. what you said, it chips away. You may not even realize it's happening, but at the end of the day, you're exhausted because that's what you have to deal with. Yeah, I am. I found myself, uh, here's one piece of advice that we offer is if you're in a leadership role and you know that that bias is there, you have to start uh, confronting it. You have to start saying something. So catch yourself when you're finding this person is being too aggressive. Why? Is it because you're not used to a woman asking that way? Is it, um, or is she you, you like her more or she, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you have to be aware of these biases if we're actually going to confront them and change them. And the best way is, is top down. So, you know, people who are influencers, decision makers need to be aware of them and confront them. And then those of us who are maybe not there yet need to be aware that that's in play so it won't affect you and you can keep moving forward. Like you, you can see it and then keep moving forward. I love that. So I am really curious. So you had one story that I want to shift gears a little bit to that story that you talked about young girls in STEM. And I found it so interesting, number one, because I have a daughter that just turned six. And I know you said in the movie that these feelings, these biases, they show up at that age. So as a parent, I'm like, okay, what? What do I need to do? But I'm really curious about like what I need to be looking out for. The interesting thing is when we were doing the research for the film, uh, we discovered that at, at, at the age of two years old, girls and boys start paying attention to social cues, the things that are happening around them. By the time they hit five, they're starting to connect with uh, gender norms and uh, identify themselves in groups of, of people. And, you know, I'm a girl, I'm a boy. This is what it means to be a boy. This is what it means to be a girl. At age six, there, there were several studies that have been, uh, 
that have been completed that we actually share in, in the film that talk about how at the age of six, girls do not feel that they're smart and that boys are really, really smart. So they were asked to say, you know, are you smart and are boys smart? And they, they, they highly recommend boys of being smart. They don't feel girls are, are very smart at all. That is so upsetting and frustrating. And you could, you could stand there and say, okay, my gosh, what do I do now? Well, let's talk about what we do from day one. And then what do we do with your daughter at age six? From day one, we have to pay attention as to what our kids are being exposed to. Um, what are they seeing? Who are they talking to? Um, how, do, how do they get, get their, their information? Um, at age five, they, they've already received so much of it and they've identified themselves as to who they are or what their influences are identifying the world as. They're paying attention to their parents, their teachers, their mentors, the books that they're reading. Um, they're paying attention to um, the people that they play with, their, their, their play group. So that's the first thing we need to start paying attention to is who, who are they talking to and have those open conversations at that level as to answering questions on identity and who should be the person who plays with the, this toy. Um, at the at the age of five, they're saying, you know, boys don't play with dolls. And we don't need to say that. Boys can play with dolls and girls, they can play with something else. They can climb that tree. They're not going to get hurt if they climb that tree, if the boy isn't going to be hurt to climb that tree. And what, what am I saying there is we're telling girls, don't go up that tree. You're going to get hurt. We're not telling the boys. The grandparents are coming in the house with gifts that are pink for the girls and blues for the boys. Let's ask them not to do that. Um, let's ask, be watchful of what we say, what comes out of our mouth. Um, we don't want to say to a young girl, here, here's a science kit, because girls, they can do science too. As encouraging as you think you're being, you're actually putting an idea in their head saying, you know what, this is something that maybe isn't typical for a girl. And I'm now trying to be, you know, my mom is now encouraging me to do that. So well, I, I want to jump in and just um, repeat that you have to look at it less about what do I do to um, bring up my girl and what do I do to influence the culture around her so she can just be who she wants to be. Exactly. I love you know, that. Yeah, and you definitely need to look at, you know, who are the role models in her life? Um, what's absent in her life? Um, what's the role models in your son's life? What's absent in his life? It's, it's, a, it's a girl and boy thing. Um, we, we don't, if we put all the focus on the girl and we make the issue about the girl, then you're doing it again. Yes. So I had a, I just had a conversation with a friend of mine about two weeks ago and she has two boys and she was telling me about this girls empowerment program at the school and she was livid about it because her sons were not a part of it. It was only for girls and it was really teaching girls how to be confident. And this is something that is funded by the government in public schools happening today. So, and it's exactly what you said, Ashley, it is putting the onus on the girl, telling her that she's not confident by giving her this let's empower girls thing. And my friend was livid and she said, you know what, what I would rather have is let's just talk about playing at recess. 
it's baseball. You can choose anybody to be on your team. And she went on this rant about that as being the way. But at the end of the day, she just felt like she didn't know what to do. Like this was happening in her school, in her neighborhood, like right now. Um, so let's talk about alternatives. Well, you heard how, uh, well, you saw the movie. So you heard how um, in some schools they force, like, what was it they say? Um, you have to throw it to a girl before you are allowed to go and, and make it into the basket. Like they have to force the boys to, to include the girls. So there, it's almost like it has to happen simultaneously because no matter what we do, it's still happening that uh, girls aren't good at this and boys are good at this and no matter what. And so um, there has to be an element and that's why we show in the movie that um, you split up the girls and the boys and you work towards things um, on a team. So one of our biggest, um, uh, you know, suggestions in the movie is for girls to play sports. Leanne, do you want to talk more about that? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so I think what Ashley's trying to point out is that when, when we were making the film, we, let, me, let me just tell you how a documentary is made so that you can really get understand why we're, you know, instead of jumping around. Very logically, you have to do a bunch of research as to, okay, what's my problem? And how can I, what kind of solutions are out there? And what Ashley and I discovered is, is that the only solutions that we were finding are these let's empower the girls type of solutions. And when we met Lucy Sanders and she taught us, well, girls are not broken. So how come we having these special programs that say you're broken, let's fix you. Um, we don't want to do that. The other thing that happened was we discovered um, a lot of, boys and a lot of men were, were being left out of the solution. So we, we were trying to find where are we seeing the solution and we just, we couldn't in, in the beginning. We, we could, just couldn't find anybody going out there uh, talking to men or talking to families with boys as to how they're being raised and how they are accepting the fact that uh, women and men can work together and, um, but still be different types of people. Um, and not just women and men, right? So um, we discovered that um, a huge proportion of women who are successful in their careers have played a sport in their lifetime, and a majority of them played it in college. So we wanted to have a better understanding of that. So uh, we actually went to a university and interviewed a college coach, basketball coach, about that topic. And she said, yeah, um, I'm getting calls all the time from recruiters saying, hey, do you have a woman who... Um, study biology? Do you have a woman majoring in business? Do you have a woman majoring in that? And um, she said, yeah, there is something to it because the type of women who play a sport are the type of people that people want to hire. So we wanted to understand that a little bit more. And we said, well, not everybody plays a sport. So what about a team activity? And what we found out from our research and then by following uh, three young girls from middle school up, um, and now they're in university, so we followed them to find out playing a team activity, and they call it a sport, a robotics competition, a robotics league. Um, can that help you in your career? What we discovered was, uh, yeah, uh, what it does, it, it, it definitely gives you a sense of team building, a, playing a sport or playing a, a team activity. 
um, it makes you put yourself out there. It makes you um, understand what it's like to fail, being willing to fail, um, being beaten in competition and get back up and do it again. Um, it builds that confidence that you need. So those empowerment programs that you see that say, you know, you're great, you're wonderful, that's, that's great to see. But we have found that the way to go is to, because there's so much um, being thrown at all of us, women and men, in our culture today, on our television, in our movies, in the books that we read, uh, and what, we, what comes out of our mouths every day, um, this type of activity uh, is empowering in itself, but um, and it, it's empowering in itself, and it takes uh, every young woman and and even somebody Ashley's age and someone my age and helps us face what's being hit at, thrown at us right now. So, for example, what we did in uh, and we did not have this in the film, but um, what we ended up doing was we followed uh, we had cameras follow Ashley as she played a sport to see if that would help. And I guess Ashley can talk about, uh, we, we picked up cameras and followed you for a couple of years playing a sport. Yeah, I played dodgeball and on an all women's team. And I think because I knew that sports were supposed to give me all these skills, I was more aware and noticing them when they were happening. And I felt, <laughs> Like I was like above, like you're very mindful of it and you go, oh, I just learned how to fail because I got out and I got out because I got hit in the head. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like dodgeball. Um, but I, I want to go back to to um, what we say in the movie about why you split the, um, the girls and the boys. And um, it was really obvious that when the girls are split from the boys, because no matter what we do, you know, until our culture really changes, there are still going to be elements in there that are just like subtly put in the young girl's brain that um, it's the boys who do the thing instead of her. And so um, we have a, a teacher, a mentor in there who noticed this and decided to split the girls from the boys at a younger age so that the girls would work on the robot and compete on, with robots and knew that they were the reason they won. That's really, really important. The girls knew. Oh, I love did. that. You're giving me an epiphany moment, Ashley. It's like this idea that like I did it. I am not the assistant, which is if you just go by, it's like that stereotype that we are taught is like I contributed. I am not the leader. I am not the main person. It is like I did this. We did this together. It is my talent. I am capable. That is so powerful. And that builds that builds confidence at a level that that you can't even uh, teach someone, you know, you, you are the one who did it and you walk into the room and you're like, I know what I'm doing. I got this. So um, that's something that this mentor observed. And so um, I'm spoiling it, but then they, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but uh, then she brings uh, the girls and the boys together once they hit high school age and so the girls are jumping in and they know what they're doing. And then it's also teaching the boys that this isn't a boys club. And that made me go, oh my gosh, I want to be these girls when I grow up because they're so cool and they know exactly what they're doing and they're not second guessing themselves. And then granted, you get into that space and they're still being hit with um, girls can do science, girls can do this, girls can do that. 
And so they are now more aware that those biases exist. I mean, even in our film, the young women who were in it were more aware because we were constantly asking them questions. And so these things were not impacting them as much because they knew when it was a bias, when somebody was doing something to them. Like they didn't take offense. They knew um, this person just wasn't aware of it yet. And so they could confront it. Again, I wanted to be them when I grow up. So it's honestly these young girls, you just like, doing instead of telling them to believe in themselves you're actually making them do something so that they actually do believe in themselves they go in a competition they fail they try and they eventually succeed if they succeed or not succeed it's really all on them so you build that confidence instead exactly of them. And, and that's then, why i did dodgeball because i knew i needed to figure out how to do that at my age and so i joined a dodgeball i love game. that and it's that awareness right so it's like that awareness even recognizing that bias exists it's like just shining a flashlight on the big elephant in the room because i think a lot of the traditional programs that leanne you talked about that are there right now the girls empowerment movement it doesn't shine the light on the fact that bias exists it's all internalized and it doesn't empower it's really actually not that empowering because knowledge is power and the way that you just described this, that's what we're preparing these girls to do. And that's amazing. Yeah, the key thing is to know that this is a journey that girls have to take that are different than what boys have to take. Um, and until our culture changes, and we just don't see it changing overnight, but until that culture changes, uh, girls up into womanhood, this journey, this shining the light has to happen over and over and over again. So when, when uh, we made the film, we wanted to point that out. We point out that at a very young age, things happen to a young girl. She's, she's exposed to so many things. You're, you as a parent, you as a teacher, um, you as a neighbor, have a responsibility to check your bias at the door to see how you're contributing to her downfall. Um, girls and boys both need to be empowered. We all need to be empowered. But we all need to understand that girls need allies and women need allies. We need to stand with women. We need to stand with that little five-year-old or six-year-old who is saying, oh, but I can't. That's not my job. That, I'm not supposed to get those chairs. The boys are supposed to pick up the chairs in school. Um, or, you know, go to that teacher. Parents have to go to that teacher and say, my daughter keeps telling me you ask the boys to go get the chairs and bring them to the front and they girls never get asked. Can you please start asking the girls? You have to step forward. You need to be their ally. Um, then when you get to Ashley's age and you get to my age, you're still shining that light. You're still having to push back. Um, we all need a little help and we all need that ally. And that ally, and we, we made the film uh, to show is typically um, somebody who has a leadership role, um, someone who um, is is typically in that leadership role can you know can be a man. So we needed to make a film that men wanted to see and felt comfortable watching. So when you watch the film, and and Andrea, I think uh, you can you can share how you felt. But when men watch the film, they don't feel like we're talking to them in a negative way. We're talking to them, asking them to be an ally to women. I do. I love it. It's like it's almost like you're giving them an invitation and helping them be get over the fear of showing up and being that ally and giving them the first step is really what your film does. So I love it. 
So we have a great opportunity right now. So everybody pretty much in Canada and most of the U.S. is home. Kids are out of school and parents are looking for activities for their kids to do. So what is the best way forward with well, your film? As you can, yeah, as you can see, it's obvious that we were having really great conversations that were productive afterwards. And so we wanted to keep that going. And it's obvious that they need to start as soon as possible in a young girl's life, in a young boy's life. Um, so that's why we created this opportunity to screen the film at home with the pioneer at home. Uh, Leanne, do you want to? <laughs> She's so good at it. Yeah, well, so what we did, we, we started thinking about how can we have it screened at home. Um, again, our movie was not made to watch and go home and, or go back to work or go back to your life. Our movie was made to watch and to be a catalyst conversation that is very powerful in your life and then causes you to look back and think about it. We also would love for people to watch it two or three times because what we're hearing and loving is that when you, when you watch it, there's a nugget in there that speaks to you or you, you get um, a lesson that you didn't pick up the first time. And so what we're doing right now is we're inviting people to um, uh, contact us for, on our website and say, you know, I want to go ahead and, and watch the movie with my kids and um, I want to have that conversation. It is time when you're in middle school, when you have a child that's in middle school and in high school, you, it is really, really healthy for them to hear your stories as a parent. This is what I've gone through. Um, this is how it shaped me. This, these are the fears that I have for you and have that child come back to you and say, you know what, I'm either really fearful of that too, or I don't think this is going to affect me at all. Whatever the answer is, it's important to start that dialogue with your child and to let them know, hey, you're not alone. I'm going to be there for you. I'm here to support you. And um, it also empowers and and, and enlightens a parent as to what their children is thinking. Uh, this movie starts that conversation and then have that parent say, you know what, I, I can't walk in the door anymore and say this sentence anymore, or I can't buy these things anymore or watch these things anymore, or I need to, when the news comes on, I need to explain to my child what the true reality is. Because in our daily lives, we are seeing and hearing so many things that are misleading to um, a young ear and um, it affects who they are and how they feel the world is around them. So it's very important at this age from middle school and up to sit down and have those conversations. Again, this movie is a catalyst for conversation, right? I love that. And so I always encourage people to take action within 24 hours after listening to my podcast and learning something new. So one thing that I am going to take away is to really start the conversation with my partner about how bias shows up in our own households, because we are home and the kids are watching every single move right now. Is yeah. there something else that you could recommend people do just to get started? Just like that baby first step. Well, I think if, um, if you've been paying attention, you may notice that uh, Leanne and I have both been saying girls and boys, women and men, instead of men and women, boys and girls. That's one thing we decided to train ourselves on. Also, 
calling women women and girls girls. That's another big one that a lot of people, they like to call a group of women girls. So those are just very subtle changes that, that validate women as women, you know? I love that. So that's a great family project to take on as we are self-isolating um, as a families across the country. So thank you so much, Leanne and Ashley, for this interview. And if people want to watch the film, can you tell me how they do that? Yes, they can go to pioneersinskirts.com and in the months of March and April, we're offering it at home. We worked with our distributors to make sure that we can just do an at-home screening while we're all social distancing. And um, you click on the Pioneer at Home button and you give us your information, we'll get in touch with you. And that's how we are keeping these conversations going. So you'll be able to watch the film and we'll offer you some questions so that you can ask your kids and get that dialogue going. So pioneersandskirts.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having us. We had a great time. Thank you. Hi there. Before you go, I was wondering if I could ask you a huge favor. Can you click on iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review and also a comment? This would mean the world to me. It also helps us to spread the word about the podcast and attract higher profile guests. We want to be able to deliver thought leadership around diversity inclusion every single week and having more reviews on iTunes will help us to do that and help us to keep the show going for free for you. So please head to iTunes right now, give us a five-star review and leave us a comment. Thanks so much. 